Our reading this morning is from John chapter 1, verses 35 to 45. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God! When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also spoke, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Brenda mentioned, it's like coming home. Anytime we are here in, in ECC, uh, and you've been with us from 1988. 1988, that you first gave us the very first money we got to start our well came from this place, came from this church. So we, we are so excited and so thankful to the Lord that he has used you. He has used you, and we have worked in partnership, and we have made a dent in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus, together we have served him. Together we have proclaimed him. Together we have made his name known. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. I just realized this morning, when I was dressing and I'm putting up this shirt, that three years ago, when I was here, is the same shirt that I wore. I just want you to know that I have two of them. <laughs> so uh, my wife takes care of them very nicely. I just want to tell you that, so that you don't start taking offering for me to say, that poor African boy, let's buy him another shirt. He's always wearing this shirt. I've got two, and they are all nice. And they are easy to preach with, to swing around. Amen. Amen. It's exciting. It's exciting to know the Lord. It's exciting to serve him. And the word that our sister had just read for us is so important for us to always recap. Because the world is changing. It's changing and moving. And we have to go back. We have to go back to scriptures. We have to affirm what we believe. We have to know what we believe. We have to be certain. Because if we are not certain, we cannot speak about Christ. Unless we believe what we believe. Unless we believe that Christ is the power excellence. Unless we believe that he is the Lamb of God. We cannot share him. We cannot. Unless we know for sure in ourselves. 
And when John said that the Lamb of God, John's mind goes to Genesis chapter 22. Chapter 22, his mind goes there where that lamb was brought out from the ticket and saved Isaac's life. And God said, don't kill the lad. Look in there, there's a lamb. Bring it out and save your son's life. And Abraham goes there and takes the lamb and saves Isaac. John mind goes there. He goes there to extract it, to tell his audience. When John spoke about the Lamb of God, his mind also went into Exodus chapter 12. You remember that? When the night God finally said, I'm going to come into the land and every firstborn is going to die. So all the men, every man, Take a lamb and sacrifice it and use the blood on your doorpost and death will pass by. You remember all that. Well, John's mind went back to that when he made this announcement. The Lamb of God. His mind went there. That indeed they used the blood on their doorpost. And when the angel of death came that night and all Egypt was wailing. The people of God were saved. The Israelites were saved because their lamb that night. The Bible says every man was to sacrifice the lamb. So there were lots of them. In fact, it's, it's recorded in Numbers. The book of Numbers chapter 2. We know that the first census was taken by the Israelites. And the men were over 600,000. So there would have been about 600,000 sheep killed that night. And their blood used on the doors. But now, John says, this time, those 600 were used to save only the Israelites in Egypt. But now there's a par excellence lamb. One lamb. Jesus Christ of Bethlehem. That lamb is the only one. The only one. The only lamb. And now... There's a catastrophe that is coming. A big one. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. And this time, it's not just for the Israelites. It's for Bloomington. It's for Ghana. It's for Russia. It's for Turkey. Jesus is coming. And John says, this time it's not 600 lambs, but one. Your Lord and my Lord, the Lamb. Behold the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. His mind went way back in the scripture for John to make that pronouncement. This Lamb will save us at the final Perusia, when Jesus appears again, the people of God, we are no longer going to need to put any blood on our doorposts when we make our confession in Him that He is our Lord. The blood is already put on our foreheads, in our souls. Amen? Oh, that is exciting, isn't it? 
It is also exciting to know that that's, that's the Lord. That's the, the, the final one. That the one who believes in him this morning. That you've got that mark already set you aside. That when this big day comes, that the Lord Jesus, you can walk to him. And that's what it is. That John makes this and it just makes my heart. Me coming from a, a home of witchcraft in Africa. I come from a, a place where we knew nothing but serve the devil, Satan. We worship. We sacrifice idols. We kill sheep. We kill dogs. We kill cats. But oh, when I found out that this is the lamb, the very first, the very first and last, it made my heart leap. And I get so excited. I, I just so excited. Always in my daughter, Carol, always tell me the last daughter. He says, Dad, you have a bad accent. He said, you have a very bad accent. And Americans and Canadians, they can't, they don't understand what you say very much. And when you get excited, it's worse. We, even your kids, we can't understand you. But as a carol, my heart leaps when I know that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, is more than Muhammad, is more than Buddha, is more than everything. He's a par excellence. It makes your heart tickles in you that you have found it, the final thing. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah is not a bad word, you know. Shut it up. So John, he speaks. And Andrew, who was his disciple, Andrew heard him. And Andrew left John. And, and, and he and his friend, the scriptures doesn't mention who this other disciple is. But they went and asked Jesus, that could we come and see where you live? And Jesus said, sure. Jesus actually met them and said, come. Come, anybody Anybody who asks, I want to see Jesus. He goes to you first. He says, come. Jesus meets Andrew and his friend and says, come. Come and see where I am. I want to tell you this morning that when you seek him, when you want to fight with him, you will see him waiting for you. You will see him already waiting for you and say, come on. Come on home and see. And indeed, Andrew goes there with his friend to Jesus and spend a day with him. And when they came back, when they came back, Andrew came back, he found Peter and also said, Peter, oh, we have found the Christ, the Messiah. They've been searching. They've been searching. They've been looking. He says we have found him. And I want to tell you this morning that nobody goes to spend their life with Jesus. Nobody goes to spend time with Jesus and you won't come back changed. If you're not changed, you haven't met him yet. When I got converted, even dogs and cats knew that. That I was changed. Because I was a gangster. I was, I was having a little gang of my own. Some of you know my story. Today I have decided not to share my story. But to 
speak along with John. That in the, in the streets of Africa, out of poverty and being an orphan, I was in the streets. I lived and ate in the streets and picked up garbage to find through them what I could survive on. And my heart got bitter because I had no father. My mother has neglected me and I was on my own. Anytime I ate, anytime I had something to eat in my stomach, it's because I stole it. And I became very hostile on the street. But I met the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I met the Lamb of God. I met the Lamb of God on the streets and He changed me. He changed my heart. And the thing that I used to do, my stomach started to rumble, but I could not steal anymore. Oh, hallelujah. He's done something. And that's what I believe he's done with those of you who have met him, like Andrew, have gone to spend a day with him. They come and say, Peter, come and see. We've seen the, the Christ, the Messiah. The Greeks call him Christ. The Jewish people call him the... the, the <clears throat> No, the Greeks call him, call him Christ, and the Jews call him Messiah. But it all means the anointed one. Those two words all means the one who is anointed. And Christ, our, Father, our Lord Jesus, is the anointed one. And he picks up, he picks up a book in, in, in Isaiah chapter 61. You remember that. When he picks it up and read it in Luke, Luke 4.18, he says, I have been anointed. He agreed to that, what John said. I am the anointed one. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim the gospel, the good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to let the blind see. You remember that in Luke 4, 18. I am the anointed one. That's the scripture he was quoting from, Isaiah 61. The Lord is the anointed one. John sees that. He tells Andrew, and Andrew tells Peter that we have found the anointed one, the one Isaiah spoke about. That's our Lord he finds. The Lord calls Philip, and Philip adds more to it. Philip looks at his, at his friend, Nathaniel, and he says, Nathaniel, Nathaniel, come, come and see. We have found the one Moses wrote about. In the law. The one Moses wrote about in the law. What did Moses write about in the law? There are so many things that Moses wrote about in the law. About Christ. And also what the prophets. The prophets wrote about. The prophets wrote so much about. And he said we have found that. Philip is like probably an accountant. Philip sends out you. There are the guys that look at things to make sure that they make sense. That's the kind of person you can tell that they've been checking scripture and checking scripture and checking scripture and checking history and reading and trying to find out who is this person that God is talking about. Finally, Philip says, we have found the one, the one that the prophet spoke about, the one that Moses spoke about in the law. 
we have found him. The prophet, one of the exciting chapters is in chapter 9 of Zechariah. The prophet Zechariah, he speaks and said, O daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem, shout with joy because your king comes to you riding in a colt and he holds salvation in his hands and his rule, he will rule from sea to sea and his kingdom will not end. Amen. That's him, he said, we have found that. That's what Philip was talking. My brothers and sisters, I shouldn't be preaching this morning because you have found the Messiah. But it's always good to go back and know that our faith is built on history. Our faith is built on authenticity. Our faith is built in the word of God. Our faith is a real faith. Our faith is not a fly-by-night. Amen? We have to understand that to withstand the currents that are blowing these days on the, in the world. So we don't cave in. So we don't start looking. If you're still looking, don't look anymore. Don't look anymore. Jesus of Bethlehem, Jesus of Nazareth, is the par excellence of God, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sin of the world. And Paul, Paul sees that and he says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he says, you Romans, I want to come there. You know why? Because I'm not afraid of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1.16, Paul says that. And Peter, Peter, Acts 4.12, he looks at them, all the people, talking and said, there are all kinds of faiths. There are all kinds of religions. There are all kinds of beliefs. Don't make too much noise, Peter. Don't talk as if this your God is the only God. Remember what he said in Acts chapter 4? Acts chapter 4 verse, verse 12. He says, listen. Listen to me. There is no any other name. No any other name given under heaven to man by which we must be saved. No any other name. For me, not just only in scripture. I'm so grateful to the Lord for the scripture. But let me tell you something. When I got saved, my, my uncle, he lives in Teslima, a village called Teslima, where we took your pastor to. By the way, I was so moved when you loaned your pastor to us one year, Bob. And one of the things Bob spoke to our pastors was almost in this text where he says our duty is to point to the Lamb of God. Our duty is to point to the Lamb of God. And this is part of this scripture. 
my uncle, Srako. In the entire more area there, he was the leader of the witch, witch doctors. Srako was the leader of the witch doctors. And when I went there before I got saved, I thought the man was God. He could do so many things that would defy science. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, I was about 12 years old. When I went back to that man's house, his witchcraft and all the things that he was doing, he said they will not work. So he kicked me away from the house and called for my mother that I had gone for something. He thought I had gone for a, a, much, a much more powerful witchcraft than he had. I was 12 years old. About that. My mother came to me and, and called me and said, Kwabna, whatever you have, give it to me to give to your uncle. Because your uncle is worried that you have something. And I said, Mom, I have nothing. I have nothing. All I have done is believe in Yesu. A 70-year-old man had led me to Yesu. And I said, Mom, my heart feels good. Yesu has snapped something in my heart. The bad things, he snapped them off. That's what I know. And I came back to this witch man's, witch doctor's house again. I was there for another week. And he called my mom and said, that's it. That's it with this boy. I can't have him. Anytime he come back to the house, all his things that he did, he, he lived, he made money with his witchcraft. All that I do, this young boy come to the house there and all I scramble, I scramble. I can't do anything. And kicked me out. As a reason, I ended up in the street. I didn't know them. I did not know really the Lamb of God and the power of his resurrection. As Paul mentioned, I didn't know that. But my uncle, the devil, the, the witch doctor who practiced Satan, knew that there was something more potent following me to his house. Oh, hallelujah. That there was something more important, more potent, following me to his house than his witchcraft. Now, if you found that Jesus Christ, you indeed have found it all. You found it all. And it is in that name that we are excited to do our work in Ghana. Where the Minister of Agriculture comes and tells us and mock at us and say, you can't raise tilapia here, you're crazy. You can't raise tilapia in northern region where the land is patched. It's patched, you're crazy. This is your studies you did in Toronto, University of Toronto. Ah, you don't know anything. You can't graze fish there. But now, those same people from the government of Ghana, fisheries, they come to us to learn how to grow tilapia. Hallelujah. They came there one time and asked and said, now, how are you doing this? How did you get water here? I said, you know, the veins, the water veins underneath, they are made by my, my, my God. And he knows where to direct our, our drills to it. We show them. They develop seed for their farmers. And their percentage, if they ever did well, is about 40% germination ratio. Ours, 
Always is 38, uh, 98%, 98% germination ratio. The Minister of Agriculture come to us and said, how are you getting 98% of your crops? We said, it's Jesus' crops. <laughs> Amen? It's Jesus' crops, they have to do better. Oh, my people. We have found a Messiah. We have found a land. And he continued to testify. Continued to testify with his work. We go into Muslim communities and we take them captives for the Lord. And we build a church. As Bob has mentioned, one of, one of our nearest churches is in Tinga. And it's a predominantly Islamic community. And we went there to proclaim the gospel. And people thought we'd be chased away. But the Lord assured Joshua, wherever you put your foot on, I will give it to you. And we went to Tingatown. We saturated that Islamic village, town, that the chief imam of the town was so compelled and moved, and he donated a cow to us for our church activities. We have a big church now planted there. Muslims coming to know the Messiah. The anointed one. So Bloomington, we are glad we partnered and worked with you. But the work, the work is not what excites me. But the Lamb. The Lamb. The Lamb of God. That takes away the sin of the world. He continues to prove to us day by day in Africa that he is the one that we should follow. Let him be the one that you are going to follow regardless of what is being thrown at you. Regardless of the sophisticated minds some of which are being used by the evil one. Pave the way. Lead when we know him, the way Philip and Andrew have known him, we cannot help but also call out. Call out and say, we have found him. Come and see. So that professors in universities, you can talk to your colleague professors and say, come and see. Students, you can talk to your colleague students and say, come and see. I have found a Messiah. Those of you working in restaurants, Call your colleagues in the restaurant and speak with integrity, speak with, with a firmness that you have found Christ. Come and see. Housewives, call to your colleagues. Come and see we found a Christ. Lawyers, talk to your colleagues that you have found a par excellence. Oh, amen. My heart is just so full this morning. I could, could explode sunny here. See, we have the opportunity. We have the privileges and we have the best. We should be able. The hard hardliners like the Ghana government that come to mock, we have the opportunity, the privilege now to tell them that we found a Messiah. That's how our crops are 98%. Then you know, it makes it easy for me to talk to them. We praise the Lord that he's been kind and he's alive. Let me tell you my last story. I think my time is up. There's one thing here. Canada and United States, 
this morning, I was telling Bob, you guys came in very nicely, like Africans, just very nicely. You come in African time, but you want to go at Canadian time, U.S. time. <laughs> John and I were speaking this morning. <laughs> One of my drivers, his name is Simon. He drives our cargo truck. We supply share butter to the body shop, L'Oreal. Some of you know L'Oreal, the cosmetic uh, group. The share butter that they use, we, we, our program, we supply it all to them. They don't take it from any place. Simon, who drives this tractor trailer, developed a saw on his left foot. Just recently, before I came here, I want to share this story with you. He developed a sore on his left foot. And his doctor, we got a doctor, and the doctor said, this leg, he, he can't be helped. They took him to a specialist, and they worked together and said, we can't help you, Simon. The only way we can save your life is amputate this leg. And Simon came back to the projects that every morning we have devotions. We pray before we all go to our various workplaces. And we prayed and Simon with tears and he said, it, it means I'm finished. When this, my left leg is amputated, that's what I use to step on that big clutch, he said, Dr. Mensah. That's the leg that I use to track all this shit. But when it's cut off, I'm done. And tears welding in his eyes. But he took the vehicle to a filling station, a big trotter truck, you know that, takes about two drums. He was filling this vehicle with diesel. And a man, a man approached him, a man he's never met before, approached him, Simon in his, his, his situation. And, his, he, and the man knelt down and held the back of his, neck, his leg and said, you are really hurt. You are really, you are really the leg is green. It's a big saw. It's not, it's not a make-believe. I'm telling you, Simon is my driver. <laughs> a big saw on his leg. And he looked at the man and said, you know what? He took the man to be a beggar. African, we've got beggars all over the place. He thought this man was a beggar. He said, uh, actually, I'm in a very difficult situation today. I don't want, I don't want you to uh, pester me here. The man took an ointment from his pocket and, and put it at the back of his leg and left. And Simon went to the fuel station people and asked them, he said, who is this your man here interfering with your customers? And they said, we thought, we thought he's your person. You came with him. So they both went out to look at this man and he was not there. The man is gone. They looked all around. They couldn't find a man. This was Friday. Simon went home on Sunday and told his wife what has happened and the fact that Monday they will go and get his leg amputated. Well, Monday morning, I was going to go with him to get this leg cut off. But Monday morning he came. I saw Simon come back. And we sat at a devotion, solemn, very solemn on our face. 
we all sat, and Simon came late. When he had appeared, I thought, oh, he's, he's, he's back to work. As we started, we wanted to pray. Simon started jumping and jumping and jumping. And I said, Simon, calm down your leg. He took off his socks, he said. The saw is gone completely. I said, uh, Simon, you know, I have believed in miracles myself for many years, but this, you, you know, we looked at Simon, you see the same driver at all? Well, we all joined Simon, started to jump because he was that morning. We took him to the hospital for the two doctors. One of them is a believer and one of them is not. The one who is not a believer quickly ordered for the x-rays. And they brought the x-rays. He looked at them and looked at Simon. Looked at him. Asked him the other doctor, is he really the, 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 the patient? Simon said, I am the one. And the other believer says, the Lord, the Lord has touched you. Amen. The Lord has touched you. Amen. 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 So Simon is still using his leg to drive the vehicle. Our God is great. He's a mighty God. Go home and save him with excitement in your heart. Amen. Amen.